Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I am having a glorious Trexember. I'm really hitting that mud high, you know what I mean? Basically, I am, yes, tuning my own horn for setting up a contingency plan to feel like a normal person when this month of all months, is especially not normal. Holidays are meant to be spent with friends and family, and spending them alone is pretty lame. So I'm very, very glad that I have that big, strong Shrek shoulder to lean on in times like these. And a little bit of friends, because my friend Jeffrey Epstein hand-delivered me a bag of caramel corn from Epcot, my very favorite theme park snack. I'm savoring the last few kernels still, and I am heartbroken that it's almost run out. But thankfully, I also have a Gideon's cookie cake candle. So basically, my body may be in California, but my brain is partying its nodules out in Orlando inside my mind. If I paid enough attention during the Matrix, I'd make a joke right now, but I didn't. So I will just say, uh, tubes, and they shoved that thing in the belly button, because that's all I know. Also, a shameless plug to Jeffrey because he pays me in cavities, that you should check out his Inside D23 podcast, which covers Disney from the company side, but has some really, really stellar interviews each and every week. So check it out because yeah, I'm all aboard the popcorn train and I want some the next time he goes, frankly. We've got a killer episode for you today, but before I get into that, I do have the slightly dark news of letting you know up front that season one is winding down. We have two more weeks after this, but then your resident shenanigans causer is boarding a non-plane and going on a blissful, calming, indulgent vacation to nowhere. I'm just staying inside my house over the holiday break, but I am determined to learn actual skills while I am trapped indoors, including how to make a cocktail, because I tried recently and failed, how to cook one Thai meal, because I would love to know how to cook a Thai meal, and finally, finally, make all of the vlogs from my trip to Tokyo last year, a whole year ago, and I never found the time to edit them all together. Pathetic. I have so much to show everyone. I mean, I went to Sanrio Puro Land alone and had quite a day. Sanrio Puro Land is this like indoor mall theme park experience thing themed to Sanrio characters. And while I was there, I only ate donuts that day for both breakfast and lunch. So if you ever doubted that I was just a tall eight-year-old girl running amok, eating sweets and getting into trouble in souvenir shops, well, that is my true self. And I'm about to put it all on display if I ever edit this footage. Speaking of Is anyone else also, like, deeply itching to plan a vacation? I feel like that first truckload of vaccines went out and I was like, baby, let's book a world tour for 2022. I mean, not now, but once it's safe to travel again around the globe, you can fully expect me to be on all of those weird cheap flight websites, just, like, figuring out how to bounce back and forth between every overseas park I've never been to, and it can't happen soon enough. I've been dreaming of it. Literally, which has been making waking up in the morning very jarring, to say the least. But back to what I was saying. This season is wrapping up at the end of the year, but there will still be podcasting to be had over at patreon.com slash Carly I ran a poll to see what bonus episodes my patrons would like to see sooner than later, and the feedback was 
perfect. So get amped because those will start rolling out this week and continue every week while this is on hiatus. Remember, our VIP tour is always taking new guests through our fast pass lane to joy. So sign up now and I don't know, call it a Hanukkah gift to yourself at patreon.com slash Carly We'll dive into this past week's news next, but stick around for a socially distanced Trek filled party you won't want to miss. Stay tuned. Breaking theme park news, at least to me, is that the clown slide at Boardwalk Inn is officially dead. Yes, the creepy, scary, yet extremely iconic clown slide that's so perfectly represented a Disney hotel that's beyond terrifying to walk around alone in late at night, given that some of its chairs have faces, has now been given a dose of modern magic with, I can't believe I'm saying this, a Mickey Mouse and Friends facade. Now, Disney's Boardwalk Inn is our top contender for a haunted resort. If old-timey ghosts were flitting about at one of the hotels, it would assuredly be this one. And now without that weird old slide, it just doesn't feel the same. I mean, the computer I record all of this on is covered in Brandelaine's Boardwalk Inn sticker pack, and that curly-haired clown slide has followed me and been by my side in these dark few months And I cannot believe I will have to eulogize it at some point soon. I mean, if the slide itself is gone, do I need to peel that sticker off my laptop ceremoniously? I just don't know what to do. I love the weird old touches of long since past Disney. And to see another one bite the dust is rough. We already have massive chunks of Epcot being gutted. Isn't it enough that they took Club Cool away? I just feel like the good old days are slipping through my fingers. And while bright futures are indeed ahead, I can't help but mourn one of the weirdest details at a Disney resort going by the wayside. As much as I complain about what's leaving, new stuff like that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind coaster and the expansion of Epcot's France Pavilion are indeed exciting. Oh my god, France looks so beautiful. There's footage online of Remy's Ratatouille adventure sign lit up at night in the surrounding facade. It's so pretty. But still, I can still miss the old stuff while heralding the new. And I will miss you, Clown Slide, so much. That being said, to hop over to the other coast, Downtown Disney is officially not going to be open on Christmas Day. And I encourage you, if that news bums you out, to read friend of the podcast Todd Martins' recent story for the LA Times, which so perfectly articulates how so many of us are feeling about the way things have gone in California, with the slow reopening and then very quick reclosure of Buena Vista Street due to statewide mandates. It's really worth a read, and also I recommend subscribing to the LA Times because of him. I do. All the rest of this week's news is somewhat small potatoes, but the one thing I do want to leave you with is that Rise of the Resistance boarding groups have changed again. According to All Years, starting this Sunday, boarding group distribution times will still be at 7 a.m. from anywhere, your hotel room, the shower, while running to catch a Disney bus somewhere. But the second distribution period will now be at 1 p.m. It will be moving from its previous time of 2 p.m. starting this Sunday. As if it wasn't confusing enough to get on Rise of the Resistance in the first place. That's all we got this week, so get your minds ready to virtually attend and find out about Shrekfest. Fest. 
Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're out here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. Like, it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultra-form bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. this holiday season, we've established that Shrek is most certainly, assumably, Jewish. And we've carried a torch, not the kind dissenting townsfolk brought to his swamp, but one for Shrek's global impact and Mickey Mouse-like phenomena. In case it wasn't already very obvious, now that I know his background, my affinity for Shrek knows no bounds. I'm so obsessed that I'm now spending my free time scouring eBay for old Shrek t-shirts and spending my daydreaming hours figuring out a way to get to Dubai once this ends to see his marionette attraction at Motion Gate because I need to ride it. I need to ride it. While my Shrek obsession has only grown in the past few weeks as I audibly hope for him to take his throne as the Grinch's seasonal equal, which, come on, he really is, I must accept that some of you, while entertained, may not share that same adoration for the ogre as I do. Perhaps you're not yet sold on him as a holiday hero, as an upstanding Jewish would-have-been king, as a man delighting his blended family, unsure of how to proceed each wintertime without having the O.C.'s Chrismica episode to base his behavior off of. And 
as we continue on in our Shrek Sember journey, you may have found yourself on the naughty list, wondering how on earth could she possibly fill a month of podcast content intended for a theme park audience revolving around a character that many of us have no natural affinity or emotional draw towards. I won't lie, I, uh, I've had a bit of that concern too. <laughs> Did you know December is five weeks long? Five whole weeks long. Someone should have checked a calendar before they so publicly agreed to this celebration and that someone is little old me. So yes, I too was a bit, to put it in words, Shrek will understand, verklempt. That is until I got this call. Hi, Carly. This is Savannah. I just finished your Shrek episode, and let's be very clear that this is brilliant. Um, as a fellow Jew, I do have the same love and admiration for Shrek, um, and this did not come, um, this came before I found out this whole, you know, fiasco about him being, um, you know, celebrating all the same things as me and sharing my heritage and all of that beautiful stuff. But the real reason I'm here, there is, and I hope to God you are reporting on this, but there is a Shrek Fest that happens in Wisconsin, and it's been happening since 2014. It's literally like this convention where they do a roar fest and a live screening, and people dress up. And it is truly amazing. If you haven't looked into this, you definitely should. Please do an episode on Shrek Fest so we can go next year. And just thank you for championing Shrek. Bye. Uh, <laughs> what? A whole festival of like-minded people who I need to know more about? Okay. I'm frankly shocked this hasn't made it my way sooner, considering. But Savannah, thank you for this blessing. So yes, like-minded souls who established and carry on the Shrekfest traditions do exist elsewhere. And in today's scenario, they exist in my all-time favorite state. Wisconsin. Since 2014, an art collective of creative friends has hosted a festival for, yep, our main man Shrek. Each Labor Day weekend in Madison, Wisconsin, friends and family in the community join together to attend the free all-ages outdoor celebration. As the story goes, a group of friends saw a Facebook event post for Shrekfest back in 2014 and were absolutely amped, only to discover the event was a joke and not at all real. So, the enterprising young swamp dwellers decided to throw Shrekfest themselves. And what started out as a small grassroots event has grown in the past seven years and has become an absolute phenomenon, one that carries as much lore as the big green guy himself. Shrekfest is essentially if a music festival got dunked in a pool of tie-dye and rinsed out with Mountain Dew. It's got all the essentials, but it's different than anything else you've ever seen. There are bands, there's arts and crafts, there's activities and entertainment. But most importantly, there are some tentpole headliner activities that fans wait for all year long. First, the Roar Contest. It's exactly what it sounds like. A bunch of people screaming into a microphone one by one, trying to win the ultimate title. And then, of course, there's a costume contest, and people turn it out. And third, the pinnacle event of the evening, the highlight of the whole shebang, the Onion Eating Contest, where willing participants go head-to-head -head in order to see who can choke down one whole raw onion? Because onions are like ogres, 
the quickest. It's a situation, truly. There's this one dude who's been the reigning champ against this other guy, Frosted Tips, who actually goes by the name Hurricane. It's confusing, but you know all that you need to know, that it's a major showdown that everyone gets amped for. You need to understand that as funny as all of this is, it's very, very real. This is not a small gathering. There's infrastructure. There's planning. I mean, Shrekfest 2019 had around a thousand attendees, with one guest traveling as far as from the Netherlands. And as silly as it sounds, it's genuinely good fun and frankly, very cool. Everyone there isn't putting on an act. They're seemingly just free and having a nice time and enjoying the day. There are people playing volleyball, people doing sidewalk chalk, people hanging up beware ogre signs, people singing the Duloc is a perfect place song, people dancing, people moshing, and the footage from year to year, I can't recommend it enough. Because (laughs) there are also people sitting on blankets, dressed as Big Bad Wolf and Puss in Boots, taking photos with their friends. There's a guy chugging a beer in a donkey hat, and in one clip that almost killed me, someone lifts their barbecue grill to show that they're cooking only onions, just halved onions. (laughs) Which is why it's probably so hard for many to discern if this is, in fact, a joke or not. Because in a way, Shrekfest is both. But don't take my word for it. Take theirs. Shrekfest is put on by 3GI Industries, a collective of artistic friends whose ringleader happens to also be a video editor and VFX artist. So naturally, there's incredible coverage of festivals in years past. Let's take a little time machine back to 2019 and experience firsthand what one of these ogre parties is really like. Self-proclaimed Shrekheads gathered at Warner Park this afternoon for Shrekfest. Hundreds are gathering today at Shrekfest. I wish I was at Shrekfest in Madison, Wisconsin. It's an onion-eating contest, live music, and a screening of the movie, of course. Shrekfest actually started six years ago as a fake Facebook event, but when a few people who were going to go found out, they decided to turn the idea into a reality. It was fake, and we made it real. was an earthly paradise called Shrekfest. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. We're gonna have some bands and performances to make sure you check out the beer tent. There's face painting, there's arts and crafts. We've got so much fun something else to do. This is, this is my pilgrimage I make every year to come to the Shrek Mecca, the, the Shreka, if you, if you will. Right on, my name is Donkey. I will be the master of ceremonies for the remainder of the event. Now, I would like anyone who wants to participate in the Roar Contest, line up over here. So you came in for Shrek Fest, but we all know you're here for the main event. I'm, I'm here for the onion eating contest. I had a clove of garlic last week, of the, like four of them. They, that, that was decent training, I guess. I don't know. So Frosted Tips is he's gonna be, to be here. here. Yeah, he's supposed to be here. Gotcha. He said uh, they said he's eating three a day. Whoa, he really want he really wants to come back and win, right? Yeah. Every single year is way better than the last. It's a homegrown thing. It felt like it was always here, but we 
just chiseled away and sort of unearthed it. We got the wheel of torture ready to go. <laughs> there you go. Oh my God, that's yeah, so on. much. <laughs> what are you so drinking? It's onion juice. <laughs> I remember my first year, we were kind of skeptical. We're like, okay, what? what's the deal? It's just such a positive experience. It brings truly everyone together. You've seen families here, you've seen old people, young people, people of all ages and types coming on together under one thing. It is the onion eating contest. It's a little tense. I'm, I'm excited for this. This is my Shrekin belt! How did it feel to win the last year? Oh, oh man, it felt great. It felt great. I had a lot of people cheering my name. It felt great. I, I want that again. For us, the tips doesn't stand a chance this year. He knows it. Sam knows it. No contest. We're gonna start on the count of three, okay? So everyone count down with me. Three, two, one! Oh yeah, baby. Shrekfest is real and it is spectacular. As those disembodied voices said, it began as a joke and truly became a phenomenon. Sure, it may be a bizarre, sarcastic Woodstock for the internet age, but so much is required just to physically get Shrekfest off the ground. There's permitting, there's the Madison Parks Department, there's food trucks and AV equipment and chairs and tables and tents. And even when that doesn't happen, there's still plenty to be done. I mean, take 2020, for example, when Shrekfest pivoted online for the very first time. You can, right now, today, stream an eight-hour video of the Sober Bacchanal on YouTube, which boasts hours of fan-created art, plays original videos and music, has multiple raffles, stitches together footage of pre-submitted roars, hosts a digital costume contest, and even took the onion-eating contest to the digital age. And let me tell you, everyone submitted a very artful rendition of their creative munching. It's a phenomenal community rallying around a character we know and love from the theme parks that I simply had to know more about. So, as we do on this podcast, from presidential drone shows and Star Wars secrets to soda mysteries and quite literally everything in between, I went directly to the source. Grant Dufferin, the master of ceremonies, the Shrek spearheadee, the go-to guy running the Shrek Fest show. I simply had to know more about this festival and everything that goes into pulling off the very, very real, cool, in-person celebration of our favorite Swamp Dweller. And Grant was willing to tell me firsthand. So with no further ado, here's the man of the hour, Grant. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for hopping on the Zoom with me. Of course. I feel like I just started the interview, and I'm. if you weren't ready, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm always ready. When you're oh, okay. a reporter, you're ready to go. I mean, it's just talking. Because I get asked like a lot of serious questions about Shrekfest, but at the end of the day, like I don't treat it seriously. I, that's my opening statement. But you do treat it somewhat seriously, because the thing that I was wowed about by watching all those videos is that this is like a fun communal thing, but there's infrastructure and there's merchandise and there's like to put on a live show, you need a lot of AV equipment. Like there's a lot happening there. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. Every time I do interviews, they're like, so what do memes mean to you? And it's like, I don't want to do an interview about that. Like, I want to talk about all the the ins and ends of putting together a live production like Shrekfest. So thank you for listing those things that I feel I deserve respect in. Of course. I'm You're like, my favorite interviewer so far. Well, then I should just end it now so that I remain on top. But yes, I do want to know, like, not how this began, because we know how it began. But how do you put this on? Like, this is a lot of work, even though it is lighthearted fun. And you, from what I've seen, have done a fantastic job with it. Well, thank you. I come from a filmmaking background. I like making movies. I do a lot of different art, but I love videos because it includes like a lot of different things like putting together music and costumes and acting and all that. It's just fun. Yeah, it feels like you're making a movie at Shrekfest. It just feels like a giant artistic endeavor that includes multiple people doing a different job. And uh, I really like things like that because I really can sink my teeth into it. Um, I just, I like from step zero to step 100. I just like the process. And Shrekfest, that's what it's about is the challenge of putting this together. Um, so when people ask me like, why Shrek? I don't know. Like you, you all decided Shrek. I didn't decide it. We found out about it and we're like, oh, that's so funny. Shrekfest, a fest about Shrek. It's just perfect. And I, I always say like the title is perfect. That's the best part about Shrekfest. And I didn't come up with that. We didn't come up with the idea for it. We just hijacked it. But Shrekfest, like you already know what it is. And if and if you don't, if uh, if you don't know what that is, then you'll never know. But just from Shrek Fest, it's like, oh, I I get it. It's a goofy party. Everyone, and I think Eric said this. Use this like everyone goes there with the intention of relaxing and having a good time. And like when that's everyone's mindset, everyone's just so relaxed and just goofy. Like no one's trying to be cool. And that's I think the coolest thing when you're not even trying. It you know you're just being yourself. I don't know half the people, but I, I still can feel like family. So it's like, I feel comfortable around these people, even though they might be strangers. Um, and there's people of all ages. There can be like, you know, an older couple, a younger couple. You can go bring your grandkids. That's just, that's what Shrekfest feels like. Like, even if they're strangers, they just feel like family. And there's all types of people. Because, you know, it's music and fun games and food trucks. You know, and you're in a park. It's just get some fresh air. You know, get some food, watch a musical act, uh, you know, maybe buy a T-shirt at the merch stand. It's just a nice day. It's free to the public. That's like out of my ability range right now <laughs> to run an event where you charge admission sales. Like that's too complicated for me. So just if if you want to go to it, just show up and buy a shirt. I, that's what I tell people. I'm like, like, if I could charge you to be here, I would, but I don't know how. So please buy a shirt because it's expensive. I, I wish breakfast. I wish everything was free, but it's not. You got to pay for stuff. So it, it makes it a little hard, but we always uh, we always pull through every year. It seems like the city has to be cool with this or of happy course. that it happens. I work with the city very closely to make it happen. I got to fill out permits for everything and whatnot. They hold my hand through the entire process. I love the parks department. They are so helpful. How did you go about pivoting this very in-person event to being digital? Um, we just did a live stream and here's the thing, like, it feels like you say it's like a very personal in-person event and it is, 
and somebody was telling me like their philosophy behind it. And so I'm just repeating it, but they're saying Shrek in this post ironic world was born on the internet. So it only makes sense that it would return to the internet as Shrek fest online. Um, so yeah, we just did a live stream. We did all the games we do at Shrek fest, like the roar contest costume onion eating, but we just accepted submissions ahead of time and then prepared them for a live show. I want to do it in tandem with the physical Shrek fest. Uh, cause I think then you could have like in summer is Shrek fest and then maybe in winter is Shrek fest online. It could be a bi-annual thing. Then it was truthfully kind of nice to take a break. Cause it is an exhausting, like there's like a good like month after Shrek fest, the physical one where it's just like, I do nothing. Like I just like stay in my pajamas all day and do nothing. Cause it's really takes a lot like out like but also stress like no matter how many times i do it i still have a lot of stress my number one fear is like over promising because i when i advertise Shrekfest, i want to say like oh it's gonna be great you're gonna have a great time but then you just have those thoughts like oh am i a fraud like what if i can't deliver but i erase all that anxiety by just telling myself at the end of the day if we prepare nothing as long as we show the movie Shrek in some capacity, then that it's Shrek Fest. You know what I mean? So it's like, whatever, like stuff might go wrong. In case in point, like two years ago, um, we got rained out hardcore. I think it was 2018. That was my worst fear until it actually happened. And I realized not so bad. Like, because everyone was there. Everyone didn't have an attitude of, oh, it's raining. They were into it. They got like hyped about it. And the band that was playing Star 67 they were playing a song and it started raining and like their equipment was getting wrecked, but they were like, you know what? This crowd is so hyped. One more song. And then they played all star and it just started downpouring. And that was like the most magical moment of Shrek fest ever was we were all in the rain. Like stuff was getting ruined. Nobody cared. And we were just like losing it over all star. There's an awesome moment where it says only shooting stars. And right at that moment, lightning, um, like, because it was like starting to lightning and lightning lit up like the the sky. And it was like, it looks so magical on footage. Even rain can't stop Shrek Fest. So there's no reason to be anxious. I'm surprised to hear that you're stressed about it because I know there is a lot that goes into an event like this, but it just seems like from the videos I've seen, there's so much positivity that's just being oozed out of every corner of it that even if there wasn't entertainment, like as long as you have an onion eating contest and as long as people can roar, I think they'd be happy. That's the one thing I can promise to everyone who's thinking about going to Shrek Fest, like something will go horribly wrong. <laughs> Yeah, well, can you sell it to listeners to encourage them for why they should go to Shrekfest? It's the best party you'll ever go to. Whenever it first starts, it's always like people setting up chairs and laying down blankets, getting their coolers full, and like kind of looking around like, this is it. This is Shrekfest. Like, still developing their feelings in their head. And then once we start doing the games and having the bands come out, then everyone starts getting like loosened up. And then by the time it's the onion eating contest, we have reached maximum goofiness. Everyone, it's just, it's goofy. Every, everything's goofy. We're in goofy world now. And we're watching men, like, there's a crowd of people, like, out of their minds watching these men eat onions as fast as they can. And it feels really primal. It feels like a rites of passage. It feels like we're doing it for Shrek, wherever he may be. Um... Yeah. And then like 
when that happens and then whoever wins it's just such a cathartic feeling and then the and then like the movie starts and it's like you get that second wind of craziness as soon as you hear somebody <laughs> you gotta like understand like this field of people that are all watching this movie when that happens like the all-star song it is like nothing else so it's it the whole Shrekfest is like this build up, build up, build up of excitement. And then when you think you can't take it anymore, the movie happens and it's like, yeah. Oh my god. Are people like talking along with the movie and quoting it the whole oh, time? Of course, of course. They're <laughs> cheering when they see Shrek. They're booing when there's Farquaad. Get out of here. <laughs> I have to along. go to this. Yeah, you should. It's very fun. This is clearly so much work. Like, how does it make you feel when people write Shrek Fest off as a joke? Um, well, it is a joke. I, I, I'm an over. I'm a try hard. Is that the term? I try hard. I'm such a try hard. I try, try so, so hard. Um, and yeah, but at the end of the day, Shrek Fest is goofy. It's a joke. It's supposed to be stupid. Everything about it is stupid. But I like. Truthfully, I work so hard to because it's like when I'm there at Shrek Fest and the merch tent is functioning, there's a line that's moving and I see like the, the green room tent for the musicians is stocked with snacks and like the equipment is all tidy and the like everything's on schedule. The games are starting when there's half the start. The, the food trucks are like in the right areas. It's just like, oh, it feels so good at Shrek Fest when everything you've been planning for is all happening like in sync on time it's uh i think i do it for that feeling of like orchestrating this little environment and having it go off without a hitch is it a joke is it a portal to a real life swamp or is it merely the best festival ever made only time will tell, and you can bet I'll be doing my best to attend this in 2021. But Shrekfest is very, very real. We are not the only ones heralding this Hanukkah hero, and I am beyond thrilled that others out there are also spreading his lore. Now, if you thought this was pretty spectacular, there's something along these lines coming next week. So stay tuned for even more shocking Shrektivity all Shrek-sember long, here on Very Amusing. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Carly, Renee from Ohio. Again, this is take two because I butchered Shrek-Sember <laughs> the first time. And interestingly enough, calling to tell you how much I love the podcast, how I love your energy. Um, I love the theme music. It makes me happy. And I love how your mom calls at the end um, of every, it finishes up every podcast. She's adorable. But really, I was calling, interestingly enough, to ask how many times it took you to get through that happy birthday Shrek song to the one caller who was going to have a Shrek theme birthday party. I mean, I'm not sure if I was more impressed with the lyrics or how you can hold your breath for that long, but if you did that in one take, one take, kudos to you. Anyway, thanks so much. Love the podcast. Love you. Stay well. Thanks. Bye. It's called talent. Just kidding. It's called years and years of voice lessons that were never really used for anything except for when you thought you would audition for college musicals and just didn't because you loved doing other stuff. So I basically can only do holding long notes. Like, that's all I can do. I lost all my head voice stuff. I love a chest voice, clearly, if you can't tell from the way I fail to project on this podcast. But basically, I can just hold one note for a real, real long time because I had a great vocal coach in the first year of college who taught me how to like truly run off of a tank full of air and to fill like your whole body with air. Why do I know how to like I could have been, I don't know, dating. And instead, I was just learning how to like fill the back of my lungs with air. So yeah, you know, I got skills. This is really taking a downward turn considering that I believe it was last week I talked about the awful pants that we wore in orchestra. Maybe that was two weeks ago. And now I'm telling you all about like my extensive vocal work, which did not really pay off. So yeah, I uh, I wrote the song real quick and I sang it and it took one take and about one minute because of, I guess, the lessons that Miss Granamin taught me. Yeah, that's all. Thank you for calling. Hi, Carly. This is Claire. I've got to be quick because I'm calling from across the pond in Cambridge, England. Um, now, I've just listened to the first episode of Shrek Semba, and I can 100% confirm that Shrek is indeed Jewish. Um, I went to the Shrek adventure in London um, back in 2016, and in front of us was a little girl who asked if Shrek had enjoyed um, Christmas, because um, we have between Christmas and New Year, and we were told that Shrek celebrated his very own um, special holiday called Hanukkah, and he didn't celebrate Christmas, and that was at the Shrek adventure in London. So definitely Shrek is 100% Jewish. Love the podcast. Can't wait to hear more. Thanks. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's pretty airtight, right? There's no reason they would say that unless Shrek actually celebrated Hanukkah. And they said it at Shrek's adventure in his London house. It's like if you went to the Taylor Swift's 4th of July party house and she was like, happy 4th of July, you'd, you'd take it for face value. And Shrek 
and launched Shrek's adventure in London is saying that he celebrates Hanukkah airtight. Airtight to me. This is our Hanukkah hero, everyone. I don't know how many years it's going to take to get that man to wear a Hanukkah sweater inside a Universal Park, but I will never stop wishing for it. I never will. We're doing this every December until it is recognized by DreamWorks. That's the goal, people. We want Shrek menorahs. We want Shrek dreidels. We want it all. We want it all. And I feel like after this call, we're well on our way. Hey, Carly, this is Britt, leaving you another Harry Potter-related question that I hope that you can find the answer to. With um, Disney opening, or Walt Disney World opening up the Star Wars-themed hotel in Florida, do you think that we might get a Harry Potter-themed hotel at Universal Orlando, especially with them opening their fourth gate? Let's find out. That would be so awesome. Thanks, Carly. Love the podcast. Very good question. I have long wondered the same, but my friend Deanne Revel, fellow journalist and friend of the podcast, has some serious theories. She's a theme park expert, but she also knows the ins and outs of Harry Potter and Wizarding World like nobody else. So I thought I'd just turn it over to her to answer. Here's Deanne with what I can only assume is the best possible answer for your burning question. Hey, Carly, thanks for reaching out. I am so happy someone else out there is dreaming of a Harry Potter-inspired hotel because I think about this all the time. How amazing would it be to stay in a celestial suite at the tip-tip top of the Ravenclaw Tower or to book a cozy double queen right off the cottage core Hufflepuff commons? But any discussion about themed hotels or really theming in general at Universal goes back to the non-magical world of licensing. Universal Orlando really hasn't been in the hotel business that long, as most of the resorts on property are actually managed by the hospitality brand Lowe's, and the hotels that Universal does own outright aren't themed with characters. Universal doesn't really own that much modern-day IP. They're kind of at a disadvantage compared to Disney World or even Dollywood, because they don't own a lot of the ideas or the content in the parks. Hello Kitty, The Simpsons, Marvel, Harry Potter. Those franchises aren't theirs. Universal is just borrowing them. The wizarding world of Harry Potter is licensed from Warner Brothers, and that's the movie version of Harry Potter that Warner Brothers produced, not the books. At its core, this deal surrounds set designs from the films and scaling them for theme park lands. But a hotel would be brand new creative. There will always be more cooks in the kitchen to ask permission and get sign-off for when something isn't actually yours. And J.K. Rowling has a big piece of that shepherd's pie with creative say. There are a lot of operational rules in the wizarding world. No American sodas are sold in the lands, and food has to be authentically UK. That's why you don't see a churro cart in Hogsmeade. The bubble level of theming and control comes at a cost, and arguably Universal has been able to offset that with exclusive merchandise, food, and beverage like butterbeer. Yes, the launch of Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure was new creative, but it was contained in a land that already existed. 
However, Epic Universe is coming, and a Fantastic Beast and where to find them land is rumored. It wouldn't be unheard of. Warner Brothers and Universal have already laid out the groundwork for this expansion by folding in Fantastic Beast merchandise into the Wizarding World the past couple of years for each movie launch. And J.K. Rowling has more direct interactions with production this time around. I think that's where it could be easier to negotiate and where we might see a themed Wizarding Hotel. And you know Universal will be watching the launch of Disney's Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser and taking notes. If it performs well, Universal might try for a similar offering connected to Epic Universe, where they have the acres of space to play with. And like Star Cruiser, it would be a pretty penny because you're paying for a premium for exclusive hotel operations, eateries, and other resort offerings that would be different than any other hotel. But I'd empty my bank account to swim in a pool inspired by the Great Lake or soak in a tub from the prefect's bathroom. I will leave you with this. Technically, there is a hotel you can visit right now inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Diagon Alley. The Leaky Cauldron isn't just a pub, it's also an inn. And the next time you visit, be sure to look up in the room where you order your food. This area might be closed right now for social distancing, but if you look just above the menu screens, you'll see an upstairs hallway with rooms. And if you wait long enough, you might just catch some magical movements or hear some witchy housekeepers. Um, Deanne, you should totally be a YouTube star. I mean, that call paired against footage from inside the parks and photos and stuff. I think it's a home run. I think you're going to be a YouTube celebrity. You got to do it. You got to do it. Thank you for helping me. But you got to do it. Shrek-sember show! Thank you to Grant Dufferin of 3GI for his time and for letting me use the audio from his wonderfully well-produced videos. Shrekfest is free, so hit their site up for merch. I did, and mine is on the way, and I can't wait. Not only because I am desperately running out of Shrek content to post for each of these episodes on social media, since all of my photos are on this like big old mess of hard drives that I can't plug into my computer because I only have four gig of space available. I'm organized anyway. Thank you to Grant for everything. Also, he is very, very skilled and available for freelance work. So if you go on Shrekfest's perfect website and like what you see, you should hire him because he is the coolest. Thank you to the multiple callers who called in showing me the way of Shrekfest and to Deanne Revel for that perfect input about Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You can find Deanne online at Revel in Rome on Instagram and at Deanne Revel on Twitter. And don't miss her stories, which she posts on both. This is the last call, last call for the Churros Hotline, because we are going on hiatus after the holidays to get season two locked and loaded. So please dial in your final burning questions to 747 Churros before this dastardly year draws to a close. Also, I heard from multiple people this week, actually, who are wondering from the UK how they can call in and not get stuck with a big charge from dialing from overseas. So you can always email me a voice note if that's easier for you at carly at awkwardcity.com. 
gmail.com. I generally prefer that things come through the hotline since it's easier to keep track of and I switch my spreadsheet method to keep track of it, yada, yada, yada. But for you lovely folks on the other side of the pond, have at it. Don't waste your money calling in. Spend that money on, I don't know, those fun chocolate bars you have overseas that I can't stop eating. If you want to be even more amused, join my Patreon for five bucks a month or get a deal for like approximately 50 bucks a year for a wild ride through even more churro calls, which I answer through a blog post so you can pretend you're working hard in Zoom meetings when you're actually reading about insider theme park stuff. There's bonus podcast episode and a monthly zine that drops on the last day of every month, which honestly, I think might be my best work. It takes multiple days to put together full days like full days but i love doing it sign up at patreon.com slash carly Wiesel. we'd love to have you i'd say it makes a great gift because you know it's the season but it really doesn't unless you're absolutely certain your loved one wants to hear about this stuff which in that case sure but otherwise i don't think you randomly giving your little sister a theme park patreon is gonna do the trick sorry Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast. I'm I'm told that's the one that's most important by my podcasting network, and I'm apparently getting a holiday gift from them, which is a delight and surprise because as someone who has freelanced for many years, I never get corporate gifts. I never get anything. I don't even have meetings. I have nothing. So I'm very excited, even though it's probably going to be like an Acast t-shirt or like like a, like a card. Like I'm not expecting much. I just would love anything. So, cause whatever, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a gift. I love a gift. So please, in lieu of sending me any sort of holiday card, please leave your season's greetings or profess your public affection for Shrek right there on the very amusing reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from me, Carly Wiesel, on Twitter and Instagram or at my Facebook group, slash group slash Carly Wiesel, I think. Google it, you'll get there. Those links, like always, are in the show notes. So don't Google it. Go in the show notes. Past me knew what to do. Current me does not. This podcast is edited rapidly by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey. It's mom. Great podcast today. I love it. I am loving the Shrek. It's really great. I hope you continue it for another couple weeks. So I watched that 13 minutes of Shrek that you said was by DreamWorks on Netflix tonight, The Ghost of Lord Fakad or something like that. It was action-packed with 13 minutes, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't remember what you said about it, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, so this brings me to my next question. When the pandemic is over and we can once again travel together, why not go on a Shrek destination? Is this great? I did some research. If I flew to Singapore, that's 22 hours. That's a lot for me. If we go to Dubai to see Shrek, that's a 13-and-a-half-hour flight. Doable, a little bit crazy for me, but I can do it. But if we go to Japan, for some reason, that was only 10 hours and 20 minutes. That could work. That doesn't seem so bad. Anyways, I think it sounds exciting, and that relates to this week's and last week's podcast because it's a Shrek Disney-related theme, right? Right? This is so much fun. I'm so excited. I know you haven't agreed yet, but this is going to be great. All right, sweetie. Have a great week, and call me so we can plan our trip. Woo! I love you. Bye, honey.